practice owners, in order to be at your best in your work and life, you need to prioritize yourself and maximize the time in your schedule. In today's episode, you'll hear six weeks on how to live your life and utilize your time by what you value the most. Private practice owners. Are you ready to rewrite the rules for your practice so you can have more time off, a great team, and more income while delivering better patient care? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provider's Edge podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Romback. I'm a provider, an international peak performance keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. My guests and I help providers like you control your practice, control your life, control your future. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. And this week, we're talking about stress. And we all experience stress. It's a good thing. It's a bad thing. There's so much debate about it. And in this high-demanding healthcare career field, we're actually seeing 30 to 40% of people leaving this field. Did they lose their passion? Were they totally stressed out and just didn't know what to do with it? And this is why I invited Emmanuel Anthony to join us today. And he is a human behavior specialist, a research writer, a consultant, a teacher, just a inspiring person. And he has spent the last decade working with thousands of clients globally dedicated to assisting human beings one-on-one and one-on-money to get crystal clear on the mission on this planet Earth and to overcome common mental disorders, accelerate human evolution, growth, and mastery in all areas of life. And he really is helping people to teach the body of work and can be found through his company, Quantum Equilibrium. And his legacy is driven by a high drive focus to share most powerful tools, researches, and technologies allowing human beings, regardless of age, sex, color, and to be able to achieve self-governance, self-mastery, well-being, wellness, longevity, holistic, soul-driving experience on this planet Earth. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so the two of us met um, through a friend who has a leading people through getting more speaking engagements on podcasts. And then two of us like, oh, the, you guys should talk because we're overlapping in the way that we believe how human performance ought to be. And it starts with that, that clarity in your mission. But sometimes people don't really understand what that even meant, right? We can all find a career and start working, especially many people jump into healthcare because it's such a, a solid Right, people respect this profession, and but we also know it's high stress. So I appreciate your being here. And how did you dive into this field? Well, I just want to touch on one thing before I do that, and you just mentioned it before. And this is something that I want people to really understand in terms of what you're saying. Our industries are not high stress. We bring the stress into the industry because for every person that's stressed, you can see somebody else that's managing their perceptions, their health, wellness, and well-being really well. Obviously, that's what you help people to do. So one thing that when I've been working with people in multiple industries, whether it's a high-end CEO that owns or represents a company or somebody that's working within an industry that's known for having high stress, I always allow them to know that if I interviewed 20 people, there'd be 20 different levels of stress, meaning each person has to be creating a different level of stress. And one or two people may not even be stressed. They may be highly inspired and fulfilled. So they're obviously doing something different. So what I love about what we're talking about today is the management and the control that people can take and actively participate in the levels of stress that they experience. You're never going to delete stress permanently, but we can definitely minimize it to a point where it's inspiring, fulfilling, and we read that feedback and address it immediately. So I thought that was really beautiful. If we speak about how I got into this, I think like anybody else, uh, our voids create our values. That of which we perceive as most missing to us creates that of which we perceive as most valuable. So when I started and I came to Australia, I was about four years old. My parents bought us from Mauritius, a third world country at the time, or Rodrigues was a specific country, but I always say Mauritius because it's easier to explain. They're very similar and very close to each other. I didn't speak English. 
So I wanted to communicate with the other kids. I wanted to have some kind of social empowerment. In fact, I just wanted any kind of social empowerment because I felt that I had no friends. And then as I kind of tried to figure out my way, I found I got physically pushed on, uh, picked on, and then I got mentally picked on. So these were the three areas that I was most inspired to grow and evolve. Well, when you can't speak, your other senses really pick up. So visually, I copied and imitated. I now know that's modeling what the other kids were doing. And I'd specifically look at the kids that were most popular because I could tell that they had something that I wanted. And that kind of journey went on. And then, you know, year 11 and 12 finished, went into the real world, ended up doing bodybuilding, sports modeling, a range of things. So I mastered my physical body in terms of the external part of it. And then I noticed that the social aspect, I started doing doors and nightclubs and grew a very big social network, but the internal mastery, so you could say the uh, psychological aspect of my growth, felt like that was so prehistoric compared to everything else. I go leaps and bounds in my other areas, but I knew that if I didn't master that area, that something was going to give because you can't advance really, really far in certain aspects of your life, being the spotlight, connecting with a lot of people, but not psychologically feel that you've got everything under control emotionally. So that led to a journey of uh, a lot of study, over $300,000 invested into personal development. Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, everybody I could possibly see. I started off seeing them for free at talks, and then I started doing their programs. And it wasn't until I met a gentleman by the name of Dr. John Martini that it revolutionized and changed my life. The minute that I let go of 26 years worth of baggage applying the Martini method at a workshop with 100 other people there, my whole life changed because I didn't realize how much of my mind that was occupying in terms of time and space and brain noise. But I left that workshop and I was a completely different person. And when I left there, I knew that what I'd done in that workshop was what I was here to do on planet Earth. I was here to help other people. And if I could do that in four or five hours, because it was only like five, four or five hours, I actually applied the method and let go. And I thought 26 years worth of baggage, four or five hours, that is not a bad return on investment. So from that moment, I knew that whatever I'd done in that workshop, I was here to do that with other people. And uh, 11 years later, a couple of thousand clients later, that's what I do 12 hours a day, Monday to Friday now. That's amazing. And I think we all sometimes get into the round when you become inspired to learn. We do go through many different people and trying to see what fits into what we know, fits into our lives or our knowledge, trying to create some kind of of balance in the sense. And until you find that one person that really just turn the libel on and everything clicks and everything become released and everything uh, trying to go into alignment. And then for you, you really found that person. And uh, um, it's not to say everybody else we have learned from was uh, not right, but it could just not the right moment and not the right fit until you have to find that one person. And even uh, one of my coaches, Darren Hardy would say, um, we just needed to find that one mentor and to go very deep and dive and then become an uh, expert in that field. And instead of uh, walking a whole mile, but you only cover one inch of depth of what they have taught us. So it's amazing for you to share that story, for, for that journey to come about. And um. I know since you work with so many different professions and also in the world of figuring out that, hey, I found my mission. I found what I need to do on this planet Earth. How do you help other people to find that? Whether it's they feel like they are already in the career and um, they're doing well, but they need to somehow find that joy or something back right? So they can keep going or is is the right place and time to say, hey, I needed to make sure I'm clear on who I am. Maybe I spent all these years going to training, going to school. It might not be the right path for me and therefore I need to figure out how to divert out. So how do you work on people to get those clarities? One of the first things I want to mention there is that I definitely understand that journey. I mean, I studied, I left high school and You know, we all think when we're in high school, it's high school, then university, then you travel, then you get married, and it's just this plain step-by-step journey. (laughs) Life has a way different uh, experience for 99% of the world. 1% may experience that, but I feel the other 99% life throws everything that it can at you. But um, when I left high school, it was originally uh, industrial design that I thought I was interested in. 
And I did that for six months at a very popular part of Melbourne for your viewers that aren't from Australia and um, right next to the shopping district there. So I spent most of my time shopping and very minimal time studying. So obviously it wasn't what was most important to me. Then from there, I went and I studied graphic design and did that and owned a company and had employees for, I think it was like five or six years. And then I realized that it wasn't my true calling. I thought it was, but there was always something inside of me that said, you know, you like this, but you don't love this. It was a whole different ballgame for love. So I, I understand that transition point where you've invested so much and you perceive it's your identity, that of which you identify with, and you've had other people identify you with that. And then you may also have a certain level of prestige you feel uh, within that industry and you've worked for that. Now you're about to start from, you know, the bottom point again, because I've got clients, uh, I had someone just recently and they're in their 50s and we discovered what they're really inspired by. And this is a whole new field for them to uh, step into and then re kind of invent themselves. So I understand that part. But my mentor says something really beautiful. Dr. John Martini said, I'd rather have the whole world against me instead of my own soul, which basically means if your soul is against you and you feel you're not doing what you're most inspired to do here on planet Earth, you're going to have symptomology within your physiology and your psychology, so your thoughts and as well as your feelings all day long. Uh, it's going to feel like you're in a Chinese prison or something, just constantly being tortured inside of your mind and your body. But when you're doing what you love and loving what you do, the feedback is a sense of enlightenment. You love to look towards challenge. You're organized, you're disciplined, you're liable, you're focused. Five hours feels like five minutes. It's a complementary opposite. You turn a hell into a heaven when you do what you love. And in fact, you run towards challenges. You can take the biggest challenges that could feel like mountains and turn them into little stones because you can't wait to take them on. So the greatest way I can recommend for anybody is to get clarity on the unique set of values because uh, I have a program. We just get crystal clear on what people are here to do in their inspired mission within uh, a few weeks and at most a couple of months. Go to drdmartini.com and then go to the values section. Every human being on planet Earth lives their life by a unique set of values. Your values are intrinsic and you already know what they are. But depending on your level of self-worth or congruency, that'll determine whether you give yourself permission to 100% play uh, the biggest game you can in that field. But if you go to the values determination, it's going to have 13 questions, free answers for each. You want to answer these questions based on who you authentically are right now. Not any outer projections from family, from friends, from society, from a cultural aspect, from a religious aspect, because otherwise you're going to get the values that you're projecting onto yourself, preventing you from being authentic. So these have to be 100% congruent based on what the questions are asking. And the questions are a deconstruction of your life. What does your personal space look like? If you walk into this room here, which is one of my most personal spaces in the house, human evolution and development and growth, it just fills the whole room. That's basically what you're going to find in this room and everywhere. The next thing you're going to find is my fiance and I are trying to create a family. So there are images of family everywhere. I've got a mobile phone on my right. It's got a picture of her and I. I've got a uh, work one on my left. That's got a picture of her and I. I've got two desktops with just pictures everywhere. We've got frames in here. We're creating a family and we're, we're creating that vibe and that dynamic. And then the third thing is anything to do with golf. I've even got a golf club just here. So <laughs> um, health, wellness, and well-being. So I'm, you surround yourself by that of which is most inspiring and meaningful to you. It's also going to ask you, what do you think about? Top three things that you think about are going to be the things that are most meaningful and inspiring. Where are you organized? You're going to do that spontaneously without being asked. Anything that's lower on your values, we have to ask you over and over again to do it. But when it comes to human evolution, development, and growth, nobody has to tell me to be up and working at 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. I do that, and I have for 11 years. Nobody has to tell me to spend time with my fiance. You may have to tell me to stop spending time with her, but you don't have to tell me to spend time with her. So you're going to find that your life is surrounded and you're actually living a life where you're doing the things that you love, but they may be unconscious to you. So one of the first things you want to do is do that. You get the 13 answers multiplied by three, you get 39, and then you take those answers and you group them into the areas that are most meaningful and inspiring. That's the first part, because that's going to give you exactly what they are. So once again, my top three values are uh, family creation to my fiance. That always makes about 60% of that. And then uh, 30% will be human evolution, development, and growth. And then 10% will be wellness and uh, vitality. Now, once you know what that is, that doesn't mean you're going to give yourself permission to go out and do that to the greatest degree because you could have a lot of self-talk, negative self-talk. A lot of things are going to come up and you've got to address each and every one of those. But the best thing I can say to people that discover what their values are and then they're in that transition point of what do I do now, you do not have to quit what you're doing 
and then jump straight into it. I think that's the most common misconception. You're going to have a lot of stress if you do that. Many people I've seen that attempt to do that all of a sudden get overwhelmed by the amount of study they may have to do for a particular field. Or if they become a business owner, an entrepreneur, they realize that the graphic designer, they're the HR department, they also are the person working with the clients, they're helping with um, any kind of tax work. And this is too many items. And it's true. The greatest way to make that leap in that transition is to do it gradually, to set out a one or two year plan and say, what is it that's required? And let's put that into a reasonable timetable. I have a thing I call the wealth maximizer timetable that I teach my clients. And I say, take all seven areas of your life. As a healthcare professional who owns and runs a practice, your time is precious. One thing that you can do to maximize that time is not only your business, for all other areas of your life, is to first write down these seven areas of life, physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vocation, and family. Then take a calendar and put your sleep hours and work hours into it. Whatever time is left in there, you got to balance those out between each of the other areas. If one of those areas is to taking up more time than it should, then that's when you start to see your stress level go up. As you fill your time more precisely, wisely, and begin to better align those seven areas of your life, you continue to grow and evolve into the individual and professional you ideally want to be. After intentionally scheduling time for each area of your life for a year or so, you'll find that you're closer to reaching your goals as well because you've chosen to take small steps each day or each week in those seven areas. This process can easily be compared to a marathon. You take small steps over and over again, and eventually you run a whole marathon. It takes small, consistent steps. You might not schedule each of the seven areas each day, and if you compare your calendar to 10 other people's, the amount of time you spend each week on one of these seven areas isn't going to be the same either. It's all about scheduling time for the things that bring you fulfillment and purpose. This might be social for some people, while it might be more mental for others. It's all about scheduling and living out what is valuable to you. If you enjoyed today's episode, we don't expect you to pay us anything but to pay it forward. So please share with your family and colleagues who are also healthcare leaders. They'll appreciate you for thinking about their growth. Now let's get back to the rest of our show. Physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vocation, and family. Now take a calendar. Put your sleep into there. Put your work hours into there. Whatever we have left in here, we've got to balance those out between each and every one of those areas. Because if we don't, then that's when we start to increase our stress levels. So they start to put their exercise in, maybe an hour a day in a form that they love, whether it's running, jogging. I always like to promote cardiovascular and muscular. A form of those two always helps a person, uh, I feel, as they're going. But everybody's different in what they love. So whatever it is, you do you. And then some mental time, just to think about things that you love. Could be an hour on a Monday, but then 20 minutes each and every day. Your social aspect, but you fill that out so you've got all seven areas that are thriving in there. And as you do that and stick to that, what you end up finding is you methodically take these big, huge goals and put them into bite-sized chunks. And every week, you're just annihilating those bite-sized chunks. And as you do that, your self-confidence and your self-growth continues to grow and evolve. And you give yourself permission to bite onto things that are just a 5% bigger and bigger until next thing you know in a year from then, you're halfway or three quarters of the way there. And all you ever had to focus on every single day was those tiny little bite-sized chunks. Not only am I promoting this, not only do I teach this, but I live my life by this. Every day I've got four or five just little things that I'm there to do and I'm so excited to annihilate them. But they're like steps in a marathon. You don't really think about your first step. You just take it. But then at the end of the marathon, you realize there was a lot of those steps counted towards the end of the marathon. So that would be my uh, my greatest advice for anybody in that position. Which is amazing. And so just to uh, summarize and even just add to for you guys who know so what I also talk about in terms of productivity, right? 
uh, what he's promoting is you actually understand different components of life and knowing they're all important, but it's not feasible for us to say, like, do everything on the same level, right? That's not human. Um, and, and, because, and, and we don't love everything on the same level either. Like, exactly. you know, to me, socializing isn't hugely important, but to you, that may be huge. So your exactly. calendar may have a little more socializing because that's more fulfilling to you. Correct. So you have to know, uh, based on your value system, based on who you wanted to be and how you wanted to be perceived, there's going to be a spectrum of things you put on that calendar. And even you just breaking down time per se, right? 24 hours a day, eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours of everything else. So how are you dividing this eight hours of everything else? And in healthcare, particularly, you're going to work, right? Most people, you're going to be working 10 hour days or 12 hour days. So, you know, some days you have more flexibility and that chunk can be relocated. But we do have to look at your whole week, right? For some of you have my uh, $10,000 week brief to work through how do you make your week that productive, right? Both in your value and in your time. But that also complements in what Emmanuel says, you planned it right? Like you intentional block out time for each of these purposes. Then it doesn't seem like, oh, we never got to that part. I never talked to my friends and I complain about it using excuses of X, Y, Z, right? And this is, is to say like, I'm good. I'm intentional. I value this one part of my life. I will always have a date night on Friday, non-negotiable. Right. We do have to make certain things non-negotiable. If we make things negotiable, then they don't happen. Yeah. And you've got to treat yourself like a VIP. When I first started realizing this, because I remember just sitting there philosophizing on life and I was like, oh, why do we have time? Our time's a man-made concept. Okay. And uh, do have we looked at time differently for our space and time? Yes, we have. Okay. And it's so, okay, I get to choose how I run my time. Because if you talk to somebody who does night shifts, et cetera, their perception of time, it could be very different to your own. And I've done night shifts and experienced that as well. So I thought, okay, I'm going to choose this 24-hour variable. But then I thought, well, I'm doing a job that I love. Do I have to do it for eight hours? I said, no. And I pushed it and went 9, 10, 11, 12. And then I went too far in one spectrum at one point and said, okay, that's probably too much for me because I'm not getting these other areas of life. So then I pulled back and then I started placing things into a calendar. And even my social life, everything was booked into a calendar, but everything would go in their respective spots. At first, I had a few friends that would ring me and say, what are you, like a fine dining restaurant? I can't book in unless it's three or four weeks in advance. And I said, that's because all of my social spots are taken. I said, well, what about just a Monday in the afternoon? I said, I don't just leave Monday in the afternoon because you spontaneously want to. I said, I'm working during that period. I'm doing something that I love and I'm on a really big mission. So you tell me what time slots fit within mine and I'll make them work for you. But somebody else is already booked in advance and it's three weeks in advance and now you want to kind of flake around. Well, in two weeks, it's probably going to be booked for those next two weeks as well. So I'm telling you, I'll be here for you. And when we have lunch, dinner, whatever it is that we have, I'll be 100% present. My work phone and everything will not even be in the same uh, universe because I won't be looking at that. I'll be talking to you. But this is how I'm organizing my life. I know what my mission is. I know what I'm here to do. I know what I'm I'm here to do in terms of helping others. And I'm going to have to be very organized in my time if I'm going to come even close to fulfilling that life destiny and that mission. So you got to treat yourself like a VIP. And the bigger the vision, the bigger the mission. You generally think of, uh, say, celebrities or someone like that. You can't just spend time with them. They're booked in advance because they're organizing a highly fulfilling life. So it doesn't mean you can't be spontaneous. My weekends, I've got plenty of time for spontaneity. I know it sounds funny, but I book it in. But every second Saturday, I work nine till 12. But from that 12 o'clock all the way through to Monday at 8 a.m. when I start again, I can do anything I want. The interesting thing is I already know what I love and half of the things that I love, golf courses, et cetera, you have to book them in advance anyway. Nice restaurants for my fiance, you've got to book those in advance. So it still involves some level of organization. But what I found is the more I organized my life, the more I've been doing things that I love because I keep taking things that I love and just putting them into spots and then I don't have to think about them. I just look at my calendar like it's a free VA uh, to a certain degree. And I just wake up in the morning and I go, okay, what are all the inspiring things I get to do today? Such a great point. And some people would look at me the same way. It's like, you're too organized into what you need to do. But uh, upside is like, I actually get to do a lot more what I want to do because yeah. how we say, hey, well, after eight o'clock, that's my 
hangout time, right? So if you choose to plug yourself into that slot, great. I'm 100% for you. But if you end up flaky, then you're not going to see me for at least a couple of weeks. That's your choice. That's okay. Um, But uh, for me to be able to say, I have spontaneous time, well, I dedicate that, right? For you, you dedicate that for weekends. For me, it's a certain uh, weeknights. So however we want to do it, it's okay. But it's not to say our life is completely structured. There's no wiggle room. That's not it. It just, we become intentional on certain time of the day is for certain purpose. And therefore we are able to look into all the areas that are important to us. And that actually aligns with the value system that we truly wanted to contribute to. Yeah. We're living most fulfilling and we're hundred percent congruent with what that means within our lives. And you're probably the same as me, which is like a 95 to five, which means 95% of the time you're in congruency with our calendar. But if something pops up, a uh, family member comes from overseas and they can only see you on a Monday or something in two weeks, you may look to make that work because you realize you won't see them for a few years. But we aim to stick to our structure because we know our structure works and minimizes the stress um, within our life. But when we start to throw things all over the place, I'll give you a really great example of when I learned this. A good friend of mine, when I was around, I think it was 21, was going to uh, Thailand every six months. And I remember just being very jealous of him. And I thought, how come he has to go? I'm making more money than him. I've got more time than him. And, um, you know, he worked within for a phone company. I think it was Vodafone or something, but I own my own company. So I was like, I could leave if I want to. Then I realized I'd never even looked at how much a price to Thailand cost. (laughs) So I thought, why don't I humble myself and ask my friend Carlos at the time? So I um, messaged him on Facebook and I said, hey, how are you going to Thailand every six months? This is going to cost you a bit of money. They said, no, not really. He said, first off, I go to all the major airlines and I um, I sign up to them and they do deals every Thursday and Friday. Then I organize to save every week when I get my pay, a certain amount goes towards holidays. So I, I usually try and be in advance. So then when they've got a deal, maybe $200 to go to Thailand instead of a thousand or something, I'll take that deal. And it might be just before or after peak season, but I'm going to save a lot of money and then the things are less expensive when I get there. And anyway, after just a five-minute conversation with him, I realized the difference between him and me was that he had more of a value for it. And whatever you value, you bring order and organization to. It's the only way you can do more of it. So I took a leaf out of his book and two weeks later, I'd booked my first trip to Thailand. And then every six months after that, for about two years, I was in Thailand. So I realized that, yes, it did involve a little bit of organization. Yes, it did involve a little bit of research. But the minute I did it, I got to do it more. And since then, prior to COVID, pretty much every year I've gone internationally overseas at least once or twice due to having that. So I don't care what it is that you love. You're going to have to bring order and organization to do it, to elevate within that and get to the next spectrums of growth or travel or whatever it is. So whatever you love will involve organization. We just love being organized in the areas of our life where we're most inspired. The key is to also do it and find what inspires us in the areas that are less inspiring. Because whatever you run away from, you run into. So if you can you can say, I don't love finances, I don't put time aside to manage that per week. But next thing you know, you've got tax challenges, bills coming up, a range of things that create stress. But if you organize those, you'd be organized, disciplined, and reliable in that, and it'd run itself. So the real key is saying, yes, I don't value all seven areas of life, but I'm going to find something that inspires me in each area to work on. And then uh, piggy banks turn into piggy banks. So start small and just watch yourself grow and evolve. Yeah, perfect example. And that kind of compartmentalize of your finances can be applied to other area of your life. And for anybody who hasn't read the book Profit First, it really teaches you um, how do you allocate portion of your life. You can actually set your different bank account, automatically draw those money out, right? Yeah. Your your safety account, your profit account, your fund spending account, your tax account, right? Your uh, household account, right? So you can have all these different accounts that's automatically put money in to those accounts every two weeks or however you usually like to divide your assets. So then it's there for you no matter what. And those kind of activities can be automated or you have your executive assistant to do that for you. So things that you don't like to do that are important for you, that feel dreadful for you, 
you can delegate, right? Just learn the system and then learn someone else, find the accounting who do all that for you, right? Um, it's about how do we create what we want in life by leveraging on other people. And now the flip side for any of you guys are running your practice and whatnot, you might say, Sabrina, Emmanuel, we can't do that. I have patients coming in all the time. But you actually get to control your schedule. You get to say the very last patient can be cut off at this time, knowing some people might run late, right? And then I would not see a new patient past this hour because that new patient, guess what? You you might spend a whole hour with them. So uh, the new patient needed to be earlier on the day. So in case something happens, you have your buffer room. And that's all done intentionality and for all of us who barely eat lunch drink water during the day we have to block out time i have on my calendar half hour for lunch every day and and that's even doing when i'm in the hospital because if you don't give yourself that trigger you might just run into one thing after the next right and and you never really stop intentionally scheduling your time isn't being selfish or full of yourself On the contrary, blocking out your time for important area of life is the best thing for the people in your life too. Doing that time with them, be a good friend, a loved one, immediate family, mentor, etc. That block of time, especially for them and with them, and you are able to give your full self to them in that time. In order to give your best self to others around you, you need to schedule in time to fulfill your sense of self as well. Whether that's mostly physical, mental, vocational, or spiritual is up to you. And what you most importantly values are. If you don't intentionally schedule time to work on yourself, you cannot give your best self to those around you. If you neglect to take care of yourself, soon your relationships with others other key areas of life will feather as well. Part of my morning routine is to schedule out a half hour learning session and each day of the week is different. For example, on Mondays, I do like to learn how to be better with sales because we sell ideas to where we need to eat and to big ideas on what type of healthcare system operational changes we need to make. And Tuesdays, I like to learn more about marketing. How do we best engage with people, really understand where they need to be. And Wednesdays, I learn more about media in this world and be consistent. So I needed to be at the best of my game in this area. Versus Thursday, I learn more about public speaking. How do I communicate and best present myself here for you guys? And Friday, um, better engage with other people in my life. So what's your routine for your personal growth that you have committed to block out? So we have to cut down those decision fatigue. If it's a preset, just like what Emmanuel said, then you default into it. You expect it from happening and therefore you're not going to shortcut yourself. You need to treat yourself as a VIP. I know it's hard to do, right? Like we can be the best practitioner we are in this one field. We can be the best mom, dad, or husband and wife, but it's hard to be everything for everyone. We don't need to be that. We just need to see where our value system is. Exactly. It's too harsh. One of the things I tell everybody is I wrote a post on it last week that said uh, when you're on an aeroplane, they ask you to make sure that you put your oxygen mask on. Otherwise, you're not helping anybody. You're part of the problem. They've got to help you now. Uh, exactly. That, so, but that's my recommendation for all my clients. You come first in the hierarchy and everyone else is secondary. And there's a reason for that. And it's not selfish because quite often people will get that um, uh, misconstrued. If You've got things that are emotionally not there, stresses, anxieties, uh, depression. These are all feedback mechanisms. But if you experience those, they occupy time and space in your physiology and your psychology, your thoughts and emotions through your body. And the greater the degree that they're expressing, if you've got an extreme anxiety or depression, it starts to occupy more time and space. So if we we compare your brain to 100% of a hard drive, 
because almost everybody listening to this would have had a virus at once or twice in their life, you realize the bigger the virus, the slower the computer runs. And that's because if we look at the space on the hard drive and out of 100%, 60% of it is being used for one virus, 20% for something else, 10%. We may only be using 3 or 4% of the computer's capabilities. Our brains are exactly the same. So if we do that, we're not present towards people in our lives. And I noticed that when, uh, say, in the morning when my fiance and I are sitting down, I may sit with Renee And as I'm sitting with her, I may say something like, hey, babe, how's your day? And if I've got a lot of things occupying time and space that I haven't addressed within the day, the week before that, or even that morning, if I had a moment, and she says, oh, things are okay. Okay, great. Sounds good. Thanks. I got to run now. I don't pick up on the subtle nuances of her tonality, her physiology, all of those things that as a human behavioral specialist, I'd automatically pick up on straight away. And even if you're not a human behavioral specialist, you know when your friends aren't cool or something's different, you, you pick up on it as someone that you love. But when I've addressed all of those things, I notice something different. Renee may say, oh, I'm not well. And I go, I mean, or she'll say, oh, yeah, things are okay. And I'm like, no, they're not. What was up with that tone? And she's even laughed before and said to me, oh, you picked up on that? And I was like, yeah, anybody could pick up on that. Even Stevie Wonder could see that because it was just so obvious. So the minute that we take care of ourselves, and enough great way of looking at it is most people look after their bodies like it's a rent-a-bomb, which is a company in uh, Australia that rents very average cars. You want to look after it like it's a Lamborghini. If you look after you, you're going to pick up on all of those things. You're going to be able to give everybody 100%. And it doesn't take a lot to do that. So one of the things that I'm recommending to a lot of my students and clients is physiologically look after yourself. This is the vehicle that you're going through life. Why would you expect it to run efficiently if you're not doing the things that you can to make it run efficiently? You don't have to be as obsessive as I am. I've got a, a whoop on to anybody that knows what a whoop band is that monitors your sleep and a range of things. And every day I'm making assessments based on that. My whoop is in the medium range. That means I haven't slept properly. I'll do a workout, but it won't be a taxing workout because my body needs to recover. If it's in the red, I won't work out at all. I know that I've got to really repair it because it could be getting something like a breakdown or disease. So if, and if it's in the green, I can go crazy. But that water inside of me every day i'm strengthening the body for some form of exercise to make sure i'm giving this vehicle the best chance that it can because if i get the vehicle running smoothly oh everything else is really smooth but you know what sabrina was saying before in reference to people not eating properly well if you're not eating properly what do you expect out of your body you can't drive from one state to another off an empty tank of fuel the car breaks down your body's going to break down and then all of those and if you're in a high potential stress environment where there's a lot of things that are evolved with you, but you haven't had enough water and you haven't enough to eat, but you're asking the maximum amount of your brain. We don't do that to our best athletes. Our best athletes get given the best fuel and the best teachers and the best stretches and the best um, chiropractors and anyone and they can to make sure that they're running at their best. You've got to treat yourself the same way. So if you learn how to do that, yes, it involves taking a little bit of time away, but you create a realistic longevity strategy. And that's really what I feel like, Sabrina, you and I are talking about. It's saying, what's the strategy where we can look after you and look after everybody else and have a realistic strategy? And just one other note, because you said something that was amazing. One of the best things I did this year, instead of just saying, I'm working during these time slots, I just put in exact appointment time slots into the calendar. And I said, these are the five appointments for this day. These are the seven on this day. These are the appointments. You either book in there or you can't book in at all. They are the only times I will work. And if you want to make an adjustment to that, there will be a fee because you're in the 1% and I only do that 1% of the time in that. So by doing that, I found that I protect all of those other spaces to do the other things that assist myself and my clients. And by doing that, they've actually gotten more value out of me. So I've restricted my hours that my clients can access me, but I've been able to give them three times as much value. So there isn't always a correlation between restricting time with people and giving them less. Because as you grow and evolve, which is also part of what you need to do to give them more every year, you give yourself time to grow and evolve. Right. It's about when you stretch yourself thin, you think you're providing value to other people, but it's so surface level and you're actually not hearing them. You're not hearing what they keep telling you from feedback, from tonality, from body language. You're just hearing the superficial thing and you're giving them back the superficial thing versus you're intentional, you're well-rested, you're fully there for them. The, the value that you're putting out is so much different. So I know it's hard to do everything and we don't 
strive to do that. It's not recommended. We just need to, to be intentional about our primary goals. So Emmanuel, just like all our speakers, I do ask everyone to look their life as a whole. I really think about what are the things that we are so good at, we can continue to tap into, and then the area that we might need to up-level a little bit more. What does that look like for you? I'll start off with the up-leveling because uh, we just did something last week, which was really cool. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for years and I put a, a side time aside and it's just called a workshop for all of my students that have done work with me. Uh, we put one hour aside. It's on a Tuesday, 8 a.m. till 9 a.m. And we all work, including myself as well. So um, as their mentor, coach, client, um, uh, you know, whatever you want to call me, all my clients and students rock up and we just work for an hour. And the, what we're doing in that is being intentional with the idea that some of my students that may have worked with me a couple of years ago, um, but it's still part of the stratosphere that, or the universe that um, sees a lot of the work on an apps and stuff, it's saying, hey, it doesn't really matter if you're thinking about it. It's about sitting down and putting time aside to put pen to paper and work on something to shift something inside of you, whether it's mental, physiological, set your goals or your intentions. So that's one of the first things that I think is really, really powerful is just setting that time aside per week. And for me, that's meant that especially this year, I've prevented myself from going, oh, I've got to do this other thing and that, and I'll do it. And it's just that one hour. And uh, my students and I are growing together. You know, it's been beautiful to see uh, within that. And the next thing is just really being clear on what I want my VA to do as well. I'm delegating more this year than I've ever delegated before. So I can only do the highest of the highest priorities and the most of the most inspiring and they're the areas that I'm looking to grow and evolve the most and researching the most in that as well to find out how I can be very precise about that and get the most out of them. If I look at the areas that I think that I do really well, uh, it's probably my time with clients and the um, energy that I give to my clients, especially with what you and I mentioned, having specific time slots for that, knowing that I'm not going to be taking away from the other areas because I've got time to do the other things that I know will help grow them and their knowledge and everything too. So I would say for me, the pros is the time and energy I give my clients and the focus and as well as life balance. I, I'm huge on that. I just don't want to teach it. I literally live my life in accordance to that. And the growth areas, the delegation. So my company can really grow and evolve and I can hand that over to other people and hand the stuff that's less inspiring to me to people that are highly inspired. So I'm throwing away my trash and they're seeing gold. Um, so that's the, the areas that I'm looking to grow and evolve the most in. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much um, from both the career side, personal side. It's really everything interconnected. I know we can talk about this for a long time, but uh, as we wrap up, I'm sure people are going to want to reach out to you and learn more about your work. How can they find you? So you can go to www.emmanuelanthony.com.au. That's a nice way of finding me. You can also find me on my social media platforms, Emmanuel underline thingy and then anthony at ig that's another great place to find me or emmanuel anthony on facebook but either way one of the things that if people are listening and they say i would really love to connect i'd love to find out more we have what we call the 20-minute discovery call and you could look at it as a virtual coffee because uh, we're right now communicating in where whereabouts are you i forgot to even ask um where specifically you are where are you sabrina I'm in Houston, Texas, so we have oh, the biggest yeah. medical center in the world. Oh, wow. So Houston and Sydney, Australia. And one thing I love about where we are today is we may be in different time zones, but we're present with the here and now. So wherever you are around the world, if you love to connect, if you've got challenges in all seven areas of life, whether that's physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vacation, and family, I specialize in depression, anxiety, bipolar, a lot of the common disorders as well. Uh, you're welcome to, and I'll leave it with you in terms of the show notes, book yourself in for a complimentary 20-minute discovery call where we can discuss where you are, how you got there, what the solutions are transitioning forward and what time frame that would look like. So they're the things that we love doing uh, at Quantum Equilibrium, my company. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us and thanks everyone for listening. In today's episode, we discussed six tips to organize your life and schedule according to your values. Likely, you stay tuned to this episode because you feel the need to be more intentional when scheduling your time in order to maximize the growth in the areas you value the most. To recap, number one, in order to find your calling, you must first understand the priority in your value system. 
Number one, in order to find your calling, you must first understand and prioritize your value system. Emmanuel addressed that Dr. John Demartini 13 questions to evaluate this process. Answer the 13 questions as authentically as possible to know what you value most in life. Each of us operates with a different set of value. Bear in mind that your answer to these questions shouldn't be colored by your religion, social, or political beliefs. Be as authentic as possible to get a useful evaluation. You can group the answers to these questions into meaningful areas. Start organizing your work, life, and calendar based on these groupings. Figure out a profession, a career, and a field work that prioritize the value that matter the most to you. Now, you can begin switching to a new line of work that aligns with your value gradually. Number two, divide your daily and weekly calendar into time clusters with the biggest cluster going to the most important values. Take all seven areas of your life, physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vocation, and family. Now take a calendar and allocate time for essential life functions like sleep, work, hours, and other unskippable tasks. Balance the time left between each of your value systems. The reminder time allocation should cover all seven areas to reduce stress level. Needless to say, you should prioritize the areas that matter the most to you. Number three, stay on track and stay consistent with your calendar. To do this, first, make a few tasks on your calendar's non-negotiable way. Mark the tasks, especially the ones that you tend to skip out as a non-negotiable task implying that you must perform the task within the allocated time to avoid stress and stay productive. Getting in a few daily tasks to inspire you to stay on track and motivate you to follow the calendar more diligently. Second, do not have an overbooked calendar with no free time. Allow yourself free time every day, especially on the weekends. Do not overstress yourself by penciling in tasks for every single hour of the day. Number four, learning to delegate is most important and the best thing you will ever do for your time. Not everything on your calendar is going to be fulfilling. Doing your taxes certainly elicit no joy, but is unavoidable. Similarly, you must hit another task or goals even if you find the work miserable and struggle to be good at it. This is where delegation comes in. Delegate tasks you aren't good at to other people who excel at them. Therefore, delegation is not the same as deciding. If you have to tell them every step of the way how to do something, then you are actually making decisions for what they need to do instead of delegating what you're hoping to achieve. There are professional accountants, for example, who can take care of the financial side, the trainers to figure out your exercise regimen, and so on. Focus on things you love doing and delegate tasks you're uncomfortable with to others. It's a best act of achieving all of your goals, even in areas your value system doesn't prioritize. Number five, prioritizing yourself should be number one. Your calendar is your guide to achieving your productivity goals, both short-term and long-term. Managing stress and living a more fulfilling life, this means your calendar and your activity take priority over everything and everyone. You are the VIP of your world. Treat yourself like one. This doesn't mean you ignore your social life, clients, colleagues, families, and acquaintances. Social activity and people time should already be factored into your calendar, helping you giving them complete and total attention when you are with them, without the distraction of work or other activities. It enables you to be more present in the moment, pay more attention to the people and place around you, and be a more sustainable presence in their life. When your stress levels are down, and you feel inspired and content, you'll be in a better position to help others. 
by prioritizing your goals, you're helping yourself first, and as a result, you're more capable of helping others. Six, but not least, all tasks are not created equal. Some inspire joy and fulfillment, while others just drag on. The key to turn these tasks around is to find inspirations in areas that you find less inspiring. Instead of dragging and prolonging the tasks, find a way to tackle it efficiently. Avoid piling up challenging tasks, because. Whatever you run away from, you run into. Set aside time on the calendar to deal with uninspiring tasks, then finish them on time. Before you know it, you'll be checking them off the to-do list without stressing about them all the time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You're listening to me right now. Odds are you're frustrated by how healthcare practices are running today. I'm with you. I'm looking to change the conversation that we're having in this field. It starts with me, and it starts with you. I want to connect with you and get to know your own struggle or challenges within the healthcare industry. Visit sabrinarumbach.com/connect, where you are going to find all of my social media platforms. Feel free to send me a direct message. If you like me, prefer speaking. Then you can record a voice message on the page. So come to sabrinarumbach.com/connect and let's continue the conversation. Hi there, this is Sabrina Rumbach, a cardiothoracic surgery PA and the host of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals podcast. I am so fortunate to have Emmanuel on my show. What an amazing person! We got connected through a friend who was also in the podcasting world、uh, as a speaker and host for events and shows. It's so important to have your speaker to really connect with your audience and be able to expand and be able to be freely giving your knowledge and easy to work with as well.、Uh, he is someone who has so much. Knowledge base in performance, in emotional connection, in people who in leadership, and in looking at life on what is the sole purpose that you need to have to continue going and to be sustainable to get into the next level and to organize your life in a way that's actually easy and actually it can be something that、uh, we just expect things. From happening and knowing, you can actually have it all if you just do it the right way. So I would recommend everyone who's looking for an amazing speaker to reach out to him from your organization, your shows, your events. Please contact him. So come to sabrinarumbach.com/connect and let's continue the conversation.